Welcome to Saints Alive, where we take you with us to meet God's most heroic followers. The saints were just ordinary boys and girls who allowed God's love to transform them into real-life superheroes. Their love for God changed our world. Did you know that God has sent you here to become a saint? It's up to you to choose love over fear, to be courageous, faithful, and kind. The choice to become a saint won't be easy, but it will be worth it. So listen closely and open your hearts. These real-life tales of the saints from the past may just inspire you how to live your story. Let's go on this adventure together. Today's episode is brought to you by Janet Quinlan, a Catholic life coach helping women find more joy and fulfillment in their marriage and motherhood. Janet is the host of the Finding Joy in Motherhood podcast and offers a unique blend of practical knowledge and life coach training to help you achieve the bright and cheerful home and family life you've always wanted. You can find Janet at JanetQuinlan.com where you can read more about her one-on-one coaching packages as well as her group membership called Reimagine Motherhood. That's JanetQuinlan.com. Catholic Family Crate and Saints Alive have teamed up to create an interactive listening experience with a collection of saint coloring pages. These pages are hand illustrated, free, and you can download and print them from any computer. Color along by listening to Saints Alive by downloading these coloring sheets at catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. Again, that link is catholicfamilycrate.com slash saintsalive. If you love listening to Saints Alive, please consider donating so that we can continue to create these episodes. You can donate anywhere from $2 to $30 a month with some fun perks to go along with your patronage. Check out our Patreon account, which you can find through the donation page on our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. In our last episode, we heard about the incredible life of St. John Bosco. He saved hundreds of boys from the streets and taught them the love of Christ. Today, we will hear the rest of this incredible saint's adventure. Don Bosco had seen a lot in his years as a priest. He had built churches, beat pneumonia, founded schools, fought with the wolf dog, and raised hundreds of orphans and ruffians into saintly young men and boys. Yet even with his almost superhuman work ethic, Don Bosco's ambitions grew beyond the capabilities of one man. His original boys were grown and were replaced 12 to 1 with younger boys. Bosco knew he needed help, and by the providence of God, He received it. Don, Don Bosco. Yes, your name is Michael. I came in with some of the other boys yesterday from the hospital. Good, we could always use more doctors. No, no, I was a patient. Even better, a doctor should be patient with the sick. And if you're ever not patient, I can give you confession. (laughs) I'll do my best, Don. I'm glad to hear it. I hope you're finding the oratory a better home than that old drafty place. 
Very much so. But I have a question. John Cagliero told me you have special medals of the Holy Mother. Could I have one? Why, John's been spoiling the secret of my special medals? Better that he did anyway. They're better kept with you boys. Now, Michael, you must remember that these are sacred. The power and grace of Mother Mary will be with you always when you wear it. That means you have a responsibility to help her complete the work of her son, Jesus. I promise, Don, I will live for Mary and for Jesus. Hmm. I can tell you are speaking the truth. Here then, I am going to give you a very special medal. You broke it in half! Why would you do that? You will keep one half and I will keep the other, because one day you will be my other half. I don't understand. I don't fully understand either, but it's not for us to question Jesus when he whispers in our ears, only to do what he wills. Sure enough, young Michael Rua would be inseparable from Don Bosco from that day forward. He became the first of Bosco's staff, and three years later, during a novena to St. Francis de Sales, Don Bosco's patron, he would become the first of a new holy order of priests, the Salesians. These holy men would go out to spread Don Bosco's mission of charity throughout the world. But first, they needed approval from Rome to officially become a new order. And amongst the anti-Catholic government of Italy, that would be no small feat. Thankfully, Don Bosco had a very unlikely friend in the anti-clerical minister of home affairs, Urbano Rattazzi. Bosco, you must stop bothering me. But Urbano, we are finally starting to get somewhere. Do you know what they began calling me? The Big Rat. And they call me the Mad Priest of Turin. A minister of home affairs should not be compared to a rat. And our new society should not be persecuted like this. Urbano, there are worse slanders afoot than mean names. There are those who call my oratories dens of sin and evil. Some even say I am training revolutionaries against the king. You know that's not true. I will never get the approval for the Salesians with these lies buzzing about. And what can I do? Speak for us. Speak for the boys. Speak the truth. The king just ordered all convents be shut down. With that much political tension in the air, I can't do much. But I will do something for you. I will publish a letter of my recommendation for your oratories that should hold off the lies long enough for you to get to Rome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I don't love priests, but I admire good work, whoever does it. You do good work, Don Bosco. Without you, there would be so much suffering. And without you, I wouldn't have a single friend in the government. The rat and the mad priest. What a friendship. Come, friend. Let's have some wine. And with that, Don Bosco and his Salesians were off to Rome. 
However, he seemed to face just as much opposition at the Vatican as he did with the Italian government. There were false rumors surrounding his schools that reached very powerful ears in Rome, and he would need all the grace and help from Mary and Jesus that he could find. Through a miracle, he had won the favor of Cardinal Berardi, but he was still a long way off from earning the support of the Pope. Soon, he and his young priests found themselves in front of Cardinal Antonelli, the Holy Secretary of State and one of Don Bosco's most stubborn opponents. Cardinal Antonelli? What? What? What could it possibly be? You have visitors. The doctor isn't expected until three. It isn't the doctor. What did I say, Julia? I'm not well enough for public visits. Unless they can heal my gout, I don't want to see them. Why don't you reconsider approval for our order and I'll see what I can do. Bosco. Oh, I should have known it was you. I had very serious doubts about your little group of vagabonds, but this intrusion is surely the final nail in your coffin. If I'm in a coffin, so be it. I've gotten out of them before. There's nothing you can say or do that would make me reconsider my vote against your order. I know that. I knew that when I left Turin. But maybe someone else can convince you. Who? Our Lady, help of Christians. I applaud your faith, Bosco, but I don't have time for this. I heard about Cardinal Berardi's nephew, how you allegedly brought him back from his deathbed. How Berardi ranted and raved that it was a sign from God to approve your order. If that was a miracle, may God be praised. But I'm not so sure. And what makes you say that? The Cardinal's nephew is a child. Children are unpredictable. I would know. I've raised hundreds of them. Including me. My point is that children exaggerate. Perhaps you played one of your frivolous games with him, and he simply decided to stop pretending he was ill. What if I played a game with you? What? You're not a child. You're an adult. If I could get you, an adult, up and out of bed to say... Uh, play a game of football with Michael, your maid, Julia, and I. Surely that would be a more convincing? Even if I wanted to, I can't. I have gout. I can't even stand. Cardinal Berardi's nephew could hardly breathe, let alone stand. Look what Jesus did for him. I will not be berated into acting like a child, young man. Children should behave like adults, not the other way around. Well, I say adults should play more like children. We should play like children and pray like children, just as Jesus instructed us. So, in the name of Jesus and Our Lady, help of Christians, I pray you, Cardinal Antonelli, come and play with us. I will not be... I... I... My legs... The pain has stopped. The, the swelling has stopped. Can you stand? Young Michael, I can do more than that. I'd wager I could even score a goal if I tried. I was an excellent striker back in seminary. I think it's time to put that to the test, Cardinal. But be warned, I won't go easy on you. Jesus told me to teach with gentleness and kindness. But St. Michael taught me to play football ruthlessly. With Cardinals Berardi and Antonelli on his side, Don Bosco finally had some momentum. Another miracle gained in the support of Archbishop Savigliati, and he was able to gain an audience with Pope Pius IX. However, even with the Cardinals and Archbishop Savigliati behind him, the Pope would prove to be his biggest challenge yet. 
I'm sorry, Don Bosco, but I cannot send my approval to the conference for your order. But Holy Father... Michael, have faith. I want you to know that I find your schools to be true wellsprings of God's love for your children. I do not believe the rumors spoken against you. If that were all, you'd have my blessing, but it's not that simple. You don't have large enough numbers. Your rule is too simple. And to be honest, the financial status of your enterprise does not inspire confidence. I respect your authority, Holy Father. Our Lady, help of Christians, will see to it that the proper decision is made. Your Excellency, please excuse my insistence, but Don Bosco must be given approval for his order. And why is that? Three miracles in one day, Holy Father. Cardinal Berardi's nephew, Cardinal Antonelli's gout, and my pneumonia, all healed by Don Bosco. Don Bosco, is this true? I'm sorry, Holy Father, but this is untrue. What are you saying, Bosco? We experienced your miracles firsthand. You have our support. Why would you throw it away? I must speak the truth, Cardinal. It was not I who healed you. It was our Lord Jesus, through Our Lady, help of Christians. Cardinals, Archbishop Young Father Rua, if you would step outside, I would like a moment alone with Don Bosco. Don Bosco. Yes, Holy Father? I must admit, I am at a crossroads with your order. On paper, it does not inspire confidence. It is underdeveloped, errant, and financially irresponsible. It has every mark of something that should not be entertained in the slightest. But then I met you. I heard the testimonies of the cardinals and the archbishop. I witnessed your young priests in their pure joy in serving God. I saw Jesus walking the streets of Rome in all of your shoes. That is not something I have seen in this country in a long time. It is by the grace of God alone, Your Holiness. Then I have one simple question for you. If the grace of God is truly with you, then your answer will show me which direction to go. I am ready. What do you hope for these boys? I hope that they do exactly what God has made them to do, and to do it well. As beautiful as the words of St. Francis de Sales are, I want to hear your words. I know these boys are meant to be heroes. I see the love of Jesus in their hearts, in the future of the world in their eyes. They've been told their entire lives that they are the lowest of the low and the worst of the worst. But I know that is not true. They love like Jesus and sing like angels and they speak like prophets. They can be the best of us. God has told me so. Even if the world tells them otherwise, I know, I know they can all be saints, every single one of them, and they'll change the world for good, but they need someone to believe in them. I hope to be that for them. Surely the Lord is with you then, Don Bosco. If not for your holiness, then for your humility. You have proven to me that your hand is the hand of Jesus, your voice the voice of Mary. Your order has my blessing. I will give my approval in the conference. Finally, he had done it. 
From being homeless in a leaky basement in the slums of Turin to establishing one of the greatest Christian orders the world has ever seen, Don Bosco persevered through it all. And yet, back at the school, the dreams of his childhood never left him. John? John? Yes, Don. I'm in here. They moved me out of the infirmary this morning. My son, how do you feel? Wonderful, Don. I don't understand it. Yesterday, I was on my deathbed. And today, I feel good enough to play in the oratory courtyard with the boys. I knew you would be all right. Holy Mother Mary told me last night. What? What did she say? I had another dream. I saw you on your deathbed. My boy, you were as white as a sheet. Suddenly, two wild men with loincloths and spears approached you. A dove flew in through the window with an olive branch and drew it twice across your lips. You then began to whisper, and the two savage men, they leaned over your bed to listen to you. What happened next, Don? I was transported by a figure in a long white cloak to a a land I had never seen before, but somehow was familiar with. There were mountains as high as the clouds and as sharp as knives with with these same wild men running throughout them. Then soldiers came. They were killed by the wild men. Missionaries came and how my heart broke to see them murdered as well. I was overcome with grief when I saw a, a new missionary. I couldn't believe my eyes. It was you, John, in my Salesians. The wild men began to approach you and I thought you would be killed, but they stopped when they heard your singing. You, you all sang to them, and then they started singing along. Soon they were sitting with you, laughing with you, and praying with you. It was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. But what does it mean? I'm not entirely sure yet, but if there's one thing I've learned from the Holy Mother, it's that when she speaks to you, grab your rosary and your walking shoes, because you're about to go on an adventure. Sure enough, John Caliero and the other Salesians set out to evangelize Patagonia in South America. Don Bosco's dream came true. The Salesians became a global order, helping those in need from South America to Africa to China. Sometimes, the scope of Bosco's vision would overwhelm him. Close to his death, he was visited in a dream by the Holy Mother, who showed him all the lands his order was to touch. too great a field. It's too great. No, be at rest. Not your sons only, but the sons of your sons and their sons after them will carry on the work. For Don Bosco, his work never ended until the very last day of his life. He had given everything, every ounce of energy, every waking minute for his poor boys. And finally, it caught up with him begging on the streets in the cold rain for money for his boys, sitting in the confessional for 18 hours at a time with no meals, the weight of founding over three schools, building three churches, and looking after thousands of displaced children, and doing this year after year had weakened the once physically strong priest. His time to join Jesus was fast approaching. One night, surrounded by the now Bishop John Cayero, Father Michael Rua and all his friends, 
Don Bosco made his final goodbyes. His boys, now numbered in the thousands, spilled out from his room to the hallways of his oratory, to the courtyard, and even to the street, all of them in continual prayer. Are you comfortable, Don? I can't tell. I can't feel my legs, so I don't know whether they are comfortable or not. (laughs) I suppose that's better than being in pain. Put it all in the bill. I will settle it all with a lump sum at the end. (coughs) Don't any of you know of a bellows factory? Why, Don? (coughs) To place an order for two new lungs. Mine are not worth a cent between them. We will see to it, if we can. We wouldn't want you to sacrifice any more breath. The only... the only sacrifice I shall have to make is leaving you. Don, why are you crying? I... I love you all so much. And now, I can't take care of you. My children are still asking for bread, and I can no longer beg for them. Don't worry. You've taught us well. We have faith in Our Lady Help of Christians. She will welcome you into her arms and will not let us down. You have given me the joy of knowing you are faithful. Then why do you still cry, Don? These are happy tears. Because of you, I finally understand the purpose of my life. I had all the time before my eyes. That first dream that was the key to my whole life. Those boys, like wild beasts. That heavenly shepherdess who transformed them into lambs. Her injunctions to me. By kindness and gentleness, you must win them. In one word above all, (coughs) was ringing in my ears. Her answer when I begged her to give me the key to what I saw. One day, in God's good time, you will understand. That was 60 years ago, and I understand today. Don, some of your boys are here. What would you like to tell them? Tell them frequent communion and devotion to Our Lady will be there safeguard and tell them tell them that I shall wait for them all in paradise St. John Bosco passed into the arms of Jesus and Mary that night, surrounded by his family, one of the happiest men in the world. He is the patron saint of apprentices, editors and publishers, school children, magicians, and juvenile delinquents. Don Bosco was one of the greatest forces in the history of religious education. His method, known as the preventive system, was focused on helping young people grow as both humans and Christians so that they could find a proper place in society. 
it is still enacted today by Salesian educators around the world and has been responsible for the proper education of millions of students. He viewed every moment as an opportunity to teach and desired to imbue every child's heart with the love of Jesus and Mary. Transformation can happen with persistent kindness. Even the people who seem most like wild animals can slowly become beautiful sons and daughters of God if we continually show them love. St. Bosco exemplified this by taking boys off the streets and being attentive to their needs. Doing the will of God requires continual self-denial and the choice to love. What are ways that you can be kind and generous like St. John Bosco? Who are the people in your life that need your help, need your kindness and love? Pray for the guidance of St. Don Bosco this month, and he will lead you to Christ. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Alex. I'm Melissa. And I'm Tanner. And we are the team of Saints Alive. We are so grateful for all of our wonderful listeners and need your help to keep this going. Please consider donating to our ministry through our Patreon account, which you can find through our website at www.saintsalivepodcast.com. A special thanks to our new patrons who are donating $5 a month and up These are families and individuals who donate to help us to continue Saints Alive. Thank you to all of our new patrons, Ambrose and Dolores O'Connell, Stephen, Maeve, Thomas, and Claire Boone, Grace, Satya, Maria, Joseph, and John Paul Pukumbil, Louis, Josephine, and Richard Rink, Monica, Maria, James, and Veronica Kepper, the Martin family, the Koziol family, the Freeman family, Natalie Schlomer, the Moriton family, and the Bell family. Thank you all so much. Be sure to tune into our next episode on St. Josephine Bakita, premiering February 13th.